We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. John back, drops and drops back. Throws an arching pass upfield. Reggie Townsfield gathers it in on the dead run and races all the way to score for Los Angeles. A 72-yard touchdown play. First down inside his own five from his own end zone. Sacked in a safety on Rudolph. Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still in his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back. Number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host and partner in crime this evening, Michael Stewart. And back from the dead, we think. Long time coming. Here he is, Mr. Norm Hightower. Man, it's been so long. I'm going to go to you first because it's been that long. Norm, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Derek. How you doing? Living the dream. We have a snow day tomorrow. So to be home all day, relaxing in snowy Ohio. And meanwhile... Mike's out there. You get this is a storm you guys have, Mike, last week. That's what we're getting. Yeah, now. it is. Uh, we got a a nice uh, bit of rain, and in the foothills and the mountains that around us, 
Uh, got some real snow. Shut down the freeways a little bit. And supposed to get a little more rain here Tuesday evening, Wednesday. So, yeah, trying to simulate somewhat of a winter. But, yeah, man, man, I'm ready to go, man. Good to hear from you, Norm. Good to hear from you, man. It's been a long time coming. Hey, man, you know what they say. What do they say? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> you age with wine so you gonna be fine so i'm anyway, gonna be fine <laughs> yeah that's my that's one of my old makeup scenes but anyway man it's good to hear from you norm man how's everything out there your way oh it's wet and cold and you know north carolina is being north carolina this time of the year but it's all right it's all good just a little too cold to be fishing so i had time to come uh. on the show wet and cold wet and cold i don't want to hear it we got snow on the ground we got a full snow day even malibu had some reported snow ever so briefly over the course of the storm i couldn't believe it i heard that and you're talking about being cold are you serious a little here it just didn't it's not a little here it just didn't stick my son lives an hour away he's got snow oh my gosh all right so i gotta do this now because i will forget you know i'll forget Want to talk about our sponsors? Too much of anything is bad, but too much sports is barely enough. With that in mind, say hello to the new year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For an expanded NFL playoffs, the BCS Championship Games, Return of the NBA, the NHL, this is truly a great month to be a sports fan. So I always tell people to head on over to my bookie if they want to add a little excitement to the sports they love and the games they bet. We here at Rams Talk Radio don't use my bookie because some corporate overlord told us to. We use them because they are the best. They'll hook you up with a 50% discount bonus up to a thousand bucks when you sign up, and they'll keep the good times rolling giveaways, free bets, and huge contests all year long. It's simple. Sign up. Enter the promo code RAMSTALK and get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. Here to my bookie today and start off the year 2021 on the right foot. This year, bet with the best. My bookie. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings. A four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. All right, folks, you know why we're here. It is the, well, I mean, if you listen to the podcast earlier this week, we were talking about, we thought it was possible. We even brought Matt Stafford, and lo and behold, the Los Angeles Rams have a new starting quarterback, Matthew Stafford, 
the 2009 number one overall draft pick, traded for the 2016 number one overall draft pick. And uh, to say we were stunned would probably be a lie because we did talk about it a little bit. To see it happen so fast, though, I think it did catch all of us off guard. It even caught Jared Goff off guard a little bit from what we're seeing the reports coming out about. And I guess the first thing I want to ask, Norm, what are your thoughts here? A first-round pick, a second-first-round pick, a third-round pick. So you have two firsts and a third for Matthew Stafford, going to be 33 going into this season for the guy who was supposed to be your franchise quarterback. Well, first of all, let's dispel the age thing. I mean, if you got to look at it, Tom Brady's 44. Drew Brees just retired this year, 42. Phillip Rivers retired this year at 39. You know, Roethlisberger's 39. Fitzpatrick's 38. Aaron Rodgers is 37. Alex Smith, 36. Russell Wilson's 33. So, you know, if you look at that, and you look at quarterbacks that went to the playoffs this year that are 32 or over, you got Tannehill, Wilson, Smith, Rodgers, Fitzpatrick, Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady. So age, I'm not too worried about. He's got a good, you know, if he wants to, he's got a good five to eight years in the league if he wants to play that long. Um, as far as the amount of picks goes, we talked about this a little bit on the phone, you and I. I think this is going to define Les needs career. It's, he's either going to be the hero or he's going to be the guy that takes a walk in the next couple of years if this doesn't work out. Uh, a lot of people are complaining about the amount of picks. And to me, it does seem a little bit steep. But everybody complained a little bit about the Jalen Ramsey trade and the picks we gave away there, but I don't see anybody complaining about that now. So I don't know that the picks are that big of a deal. Uh, the Rams seem to develop talent from later rounds a lot better than a lot of the teams in the league. So overall, I'd say it's a win at this point, but it's, it is pretty steep, and it's going to have to show some immediate results, or I think it's going to cost less than his, you know, his job. Well, Mike, there you have it from, from Norm there. Mike, what are your thoughts? Hey, I think... Uh... <clears throat> I was checking out a some commentary uh, yesterday from uh, Bill Plasky, uh, or it might have been even earlier today, one of those days. Uh, I've been out barbecuing, so uh, my timeline is off. Uh, I would agree with him in the sense that uh, the thing, the tangibles that Stafford brings to the table, a little bit more gunslinger, swagger, uh, you know, obviously big arm, and just a, a true veteran. He can see things and make those checks at the line. I think golf still was struggling to do. Uh, but, you know, we talked a little bit last week in regards to how McVay and what it looked like their relationship was. And so uh, it's interesting. They pulled the trigger as quick as they could. But, man, I'm excited, man. Uh to 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 now you got that quarterback position nailed down. I, I really see us being really legit contenders and, and maybe even the favorites, you know, from here on out. It's interesting you say that because I mean we're just doing our, our homework before the show started and the one thing that, you know, 
Sticks and farming's effect, the Rams still have to figure out the cap issue now. Cap's in worse shape due to the dead mine they're taking on. They are $30 million in the hole dead cap-wise. And right now, they're basically... Be- and I want to add the caveat here that the Rams also are privy to a lot of what's going on with you know the negotiations that are going on back back door about what the salary cap is actually going to be because right now it's settled to be about 175 they carried some money over we don't actually think it's going to be that way no one believes it's going to be that way but right now they're roughly 43 million under the cap 43 almost 44 that includes every roster spot and the top 51 they're at minus 35 so 35 over the cap right now as to what's expected to be will they actually fall in line there well no, they won't, because the Rams are, in my view, the best in the NFL at messing around with contracts, finding wiggle room. They, they, the recent, in my view, they're able to go out there and just trade first-round picks, bringing guys like a Jalen Ramsey and a Matthew Stafford, is because they are so darn good at their books that they're able to squeeze every last dime and penny out of the cap they can. I just... I'm wondering how they're going to do this. They don't have nearly as much flexible as they had last year. They have holes in the roster. They have to rely on a... They basically have to rely on the draft. Again, they have to make it happen. And I think in terms of the team itself, this is the missing piece. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. A lot of people were upset that Goff is gone. But if you want a Super Bowl in the next couple of years, this is the missing piece. If you can get the most out of this roster. And that's a reason what that's why it makes the trade worth it. Now, if they can't protect Stafford, he gets hurt. If this defense falls apart next year, well, then what? But I mean this is this is what they need. This was the missing thing. This is the missing link. The quarterback position, in my view, was what held this team back this year. And that's not really a crack on Goff, by the way, as much as just Goff wasn't a fit with what Sean McVay wanted to do anymore. Norm? The only question I have is, is Stafford any, any better fit? You know, maybe the, the fact that he can make decisions on the line quicker and has more experience might be, might be the deal that, that McVay needs, but he's, he's no more mobile than Goff. Um, he's got a probably a more accurate and stronger arm. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's really an issue than Goff. But you know, what does he bring to the table physically that's different than Goff? Probably not much. So I think they're if if they were if they were looking at mobilizing the quarterback, they would have gone after somebody like Deshaun Watson, and they didn't. Or at least they didn't that we know of. So it seems to me that it had to be an issue with the personalities and the knowledge between McVay and Goff. And it, to pull the trigger that quick makes me think that McVay is extremely confident in being able to work with Stafford. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I, I would say that uh, Stafford is a step up on the mobility, uh, a lot more mobile than Goff. Being, you know, maybe not, he's not going to dust him off in the hundred, 
but mobility is anticipation. So you're you're feeling the rush, step up, move, run out a little bit, and extend the play. Uh, I definitely think that he has that tangible that, that, that Jared just didn't seem to have. He was more apt to just kind of sit back there and let the the pocket collapse on him, or when he did try to take off, it was just, just real late. So I, I just think it's really an upgrade across the board. I would just say when you look at uh, McVay, you also got to remember he didn't pick Jared Goff as his quarterback. So when he got here, the guy was here. And it would seem to me, I'm not in the, the meeting room, but for this to happen this quickly, it would seem to me that they had a discussion and they're like, okay, Sean, you see the money we have. I mean, he, he has put up some numbers. You know, what are your thoughts? Can we win with the guy? Can we win a Super Bowl? And I think it just came down to, no, I need something else. And, and I'm sure he laid out whatever he needed to lay out uh, to just be able to get that that trigger pull. But I definitely think Stafford is just kind of a no-brainer. The excitement out here is huge. I mean, everyone from uh, talk radio to just people I've generally talked to, uh, they're excited. You know, again, you got fans probably definitely going to be in the stadium. You got a quarterback on the other side, uh, Justin Abert. Hubert uh, with the Chargers, you don't want that guy to come in your stadium and and tear it up. And now you're looking like you're the second fiddle in your own stadium. So I'm excited. I, I definitely think it's it's a it's a marketable step up, and uh, I think we'll all be happy. I mean, I think I think we will if they can protect them. <laughs> I think this there's a, there's a few ifs there. I think what I found most surprising overall is. Is reaction from some of the fan base, uh, seeing the fan base kind of just stuck in the old way of thinking. Not everybody, just a few, fully on social media on Facebook. You know, really angry that the, the Rams have made the biggest mistake ever. That Les Need and Sean McVay should be fired, and it kind of blows my mind that after, especially after last year, where they let Todd Gurley go, they trade Brandon Cooks. They're willing to take on the dead cap. They've been willing to make all these different trades over the years. They, I mean, they haven't had a, a first-round pick since 2016. They're not going to have one now until 2024. And who knows if that'll happen at this point. So, I mean, at this, I just, it kind of stuns me that people are continually shocked at what the Rams are doing and then angry about it when we've talked about this. This is the first time since 1983 to 86, the Rams have had four straight winning seasons. I yeah, well, and I can understand why some people might be upset though, because Goff did take us to a Super Bowl, and he did take us to the playoffs, and you know he might not have been able to finish the deal. I can understand. I can. I I hear him. I, I see Facebook and Twitter and all the news stuff and everything too, and. And I see all the comments. You got half the people saying, I can't believe we gave up that many draft picks to get him, although they thought he was an upgrade. You got other people saying, you know, glad to see Goff out of here. He's worthless. Well, that's not the case because he's taken us to the Super Bowl and to the playoffs. Um, 
And, and, and then you got other people that are like, I don't care what it took. This is an awesome deal. So you have a lot of across the board. And, and from mm-hmm. what I've seen in social media, it's pretty even all the way around. Uh, as a Rams fan, you know, a lifelong Rams fan, longer than most people have been alive that listen to this show, uh, it's exciting to me to see them. You know, they build a $6 billion stadium. They, they've got a guy like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on the defense. They've got now a big-name quarterback. Uh, they're making themselves one of the top franchises in the NFL. And as a Rams fan, that makes me excited. Uh, I, if I look at it in my own perspective of what I've seen the last few years with Jared Goff, I feel like Sean McVay has had to limit our offense to fit it to, to, to Goff to make it easier for him to execute plays. And I think bringing Stafford in is going to change that. It's going to open up the playbook a lot. And I think that's going to make a big difference in our offense. And to me, that's the one thing that I see that is going to be a real big positive next season. And it's probably going to take, let's be, I mean, he's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady came in and he's taken him to the Super Bowl and a new team the next year he's there. You know, I don't know that that's going to happen with Stafford, but I can see it in a couple of years. Uh, definitely happens. So I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I don't like the fact that they gave up so many draft picks, but it doesn't freak me out because they've been doing it for so long now. I mean, I don't think I've watched the first day in a draft in a long time. <laughs> so we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah. I definitely think that uh, they had to jump on this quick because the last thing you want to do is start getting into a bidding war. And the next thing you know, now it's three first. Now it's something else. So I think they had to jump on that, which I think is why they weren't maybe able to make a a play for Deshaun Watson because word is out, they're asking for a boatload. And so uh, whoever takes him, they're going to give up a lot more. But I think the Rams had to had to jump on this quick. I think they got some favor with uh, prior management that was here. And I think they, or both of them, you know, worked together to, to – you know, try to make it best for all parties in, involved. I mean, golf was listed as talking to uh, Michael Silver and says that he's pretty excited to be somewhere that I know wants me and appreciate me. So sounds like he was ready to move mm. on as well. Uh, and then one thing before I forget, uh, Derek, in regards to the salary, you guys got to remember Kevin Demoff is the son of one of the all-time guys great agents, Marvin Demoff. And so, again, when I was with the Rams, Marvin Demoff, uh, not sure if he still uh, represent guys, but he had the big dogs on the Rams and a lot of the big guys in the league. So I would imagine when it comes down to crunching these numbers, uh, Kevin has a little bit of an insight on on how to make these things work. And so that was something I want to get to a little bit later on was Jared Goff's comments afterwards. I, I, it kind of actually rubbed me the wrong way. Um, for for a couple of reasons, I'll get to them. But just kind of circling back on the Rams, I want to I want to answer a couple of questions here that we we got online because 
some of the comments we got back as as we posted about the whole thing were pretty I mean they were really interesting to me. And a lot of it had everything to do with why do this? Why, why, why? Okay. And I want to go ahead and give some shouts. I'll get you guys' thoughts. Some we've already covering, but I do want to give a shout out to our our listeners. Um this is from Philip Ortiz at Philbag underscore ninety six. He says, Don't like golf two doesn't run it out of the pocket. Um I did reply to him. I responded back and said, um, he's more mobile than golf. And I sent him I sent him a, a video, a two minute video of of Matthew Stafford running for his life against the Browns a couple years back. I mean, like seriously, like nothing that we've ever seen Goff do. But and he took a, a nasty hit at the end of it. So Let's dispel that now. Goff was never the most mobile guy, but Stafford is more mobile, and he will take a hit to make a, take a deep make a deep throw. Goff will too, but if I'm gonna if I'm you who who said was it was it you normally said gunslinger or was it you Mike I forget which one of you said gunslinger earlier. That's pretty much it. Stafford's a gunslinger. He will look deep every time. Goff was wasn't doing that anymore. He was settling for the dink and dunk. He was, and sometimes it was a smart play, but it was a dink and dunk. Does that make a difference, Norm? Uh, I think Goff or Goff and Stafford are different. I, I, I like Mike said, if you were to run them in the hundred, I don't know that there'd be much difference. Uh, Stafford might be a little quicker, but I'll agree with what Mike said, and that is the pocket presence that that he brings compared to Goff is, I think, one thing Goff extremely missed out on. I, I, I just don't think he had any pocket presence at all. Somebody coming from the blind side, when you're watching a game, you just duck your head and hope that he doesn't fumble or turn it over because you know he's going to get hit because he, he can't feel it or see it coming. Where Stafford has much more pocket awareness, and I think that's going to make a big difference. If Running around the edge and stuff, I mean, I don't see much difference in them there. And, and you know, like I said, Stafford might be a little quicker. But I think the experience and the pocket awareness that that Stafford brings definitely gives the Rams a leg up. And he definitely looks deep. You know, I mean, you're, you're right. You don't see Goff throw much for a deep ball anymore. And when you do, it has no accuracy to it. So I think that's going to make a big difference as well, be able to open up the field. And I think it'll make our running game better. So there's a lot that I think Stafford brings to the table. And I never questioned that when I saw the trade. I was like, you know, I think that's a total upgrade. It's just the price that we paid for him. You know, was that going to be okay or not? Uh, and that, that'll be determined in the next year or two. Mike, what do you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it uh, you know, what I think about is just the, the basic nuts and bolts of playing football. When you look at the Detroit Lions outside of Megatron, you know, Stafford has been he's been the the like Barry Sanders of his era. Barry was there just trying to do it all his own. And it seems like or I feel like Matthew Stafford had the same type of situation. You know, he had Megatron for those years and you know they got to some playoffs then and then it's just been him trying to do things with uh, without a, a whole lot of help. 
So I think a guy like him going to now a team where there's a lot more upgrades at different positions, it just seems to me it's a no-brainer that it should be lights out for us. Now, does it take time for guys to jail and things like that? But uh, from what I know, it just seems like Stafford is, is a good dude and things like that. I just never felt like, and even when I was down at campus a couple uh not last summer, but the summer before, it just didn't seem like golf was a, a, and maybe he was a good teammate, maybe just because it seems like he's quiet and just kind of goes, and there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. But you definitely want your quarterback to be able to get guys and look in their eyes and they go, hey, let's go. It just didn't seem like golf had that type of an appeal or effect on the guys around him. I don't know. What do you think, D? I think, I think the team lost faith in him over time. I think they saw everything we saw. When you see kind of those, those, those cracks in the armor as 2018 kind of, you know, came to an end, the Bears game, the Eagles game, and eventually the, the, the Super Bowl against the Patriots, when you see the same mistakes being made by him over time. And, I, and listen, I also think that there, because I, we got questions on this. I faced questions on this about the, about Sean McVay's play calling. And I agree that sometimes Sean McVay's play calling didn't do golf any favors, but. But was that because of golf? Well, that's where I'm going. His, his play calling is meant to win a game. Is it really meant to do him favors or is it meant to implement the game plan you want? And over the course of time, that's what I'm thinking is that Jared Goff, you, you touched on it. He had, he had no pocket presence, but why didn't he have pocket presence? I, I look more at his inability to read the line from the get-go. If he's not reading the line from the get-go, he's not making obbles the way he should be, and he's certainly not seeing where the rush is. So if you don't know where the rush is, then you're not looking for it. We knew that from the get-go. Well, it was a simple. It was it was a simple formula for for the other teams to beat the Rams if they had the play, the personnel to do it, and that was stop the run and put pressure on Jared Goff. If you do those th- those two things, you win. That if was it. That was the that was the whole season. And, and he, if Stafford if Stafford could stop that, if Stafford has better pocket awareness and better you know audibles and better line calls and all those different things that he can do, if he's better at that and can still you know, evade rushers and throw a ball down the field deep or on target, that's that's a definite upgrade. And I think that's what McVeigh was looking for. Well sure. That's and that is Absolutely. what they needed. Well to your point, uh that the uh norm I think the thing that kind of stands out is not just the pocket presence, but when you mentioned audibles. I don't know that I really saw golf really changing plays, you know, basic ones, but it didn't seem like he would change it and then change it again. Uh, and we always kind of would go, or I'd say we, me and my son, cause we text during games and stuff. And he's like, why do we call so many timeouts? And so it would just seem like we would waste timeouts. But like I said, the relationship it was like golf would walk over there and then he would just walk back to the field. I'm like, okay, you guys just call the timeout. Nobody's going to talk to anybody. Okay. So then it's like, 
is that are they calling timeouts because he's not getting guys in the right spot, things like that. And then one thing that sticks out, and uh, Derek, I think we got away from it. McVay wants to use two tight ends a little more, in my opinion. And so it'll be interesting to see, but you got to be able to shift guys, move them around, and you know make line changes and all that kind of stuff. So it it just seemed like it must have been. His, his ceiling seemed to be hit because they just wouldn't pull the trigger if it wasn't. I think it was obvious. I mean, once that game ended and the immediate language from the Rams was, he's the quarterback now. It's, quote, a beautiful mystery. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. We know. The, the other thing with, with Goff that I just, we keep calling back to it. And Norm, it's been a while since you've, You've talked with me about this, and maybe your opinion is different than my, I don't know, but I never got the feeling that, that Goff was adequately prepared come game time. Like, he was actually prepared to, pl- to play against what the 49ers are going to bring or what the Seahawks are going to bring at all times. I never got that feeling in the last two years that he was doing what was necessary to be the starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. Maybe I'm wrong, but... Especially last year when I saw I saw it in person against Pittsburgh, I saw it in person, and hey, and Cleveland for that matter. What do you think? I don't think he is as cerebral as a lot of quarterbacks, and I think McVeigh's offense is complicated enough that if you're not cerebral. It can make you late to the line. It can make you take longer to make your audibles and your calls and your blocking assignments and all those different things. And and I think that's a lot of the reasons why the Rams were calling timeout because the play clock was down to one second just about every snap. And some of that may have been planned, but you know they they probably were the worst team in the NFL on calling timeouts because of delay of game. Uh, in the league, I don't know of anybody else that did it any worse. So I definitely think Goff isn't cerebral enough. And I don't know that. I think after the time that he's been with the Rams, I think Mike, when he said he's at his ceiling, I think that might be the issue is that he was cerebral enough to get through a certain amount, but he wasn't getting high enough at that level to, to be able to go to the next level of our offense that McVay wants to run. And I think that's the reason they chose somebody like Stafford who has got enough experience and has shown that he can do that. So I, I think that's probably what it is. Well, well I, I think combined with, I don't know that we've ever heard of golf being what they say basketball players are gym rat. I don't know that I've ever heard them saying, man, golf really puts in the time. And so some of it is, it's not that you got to be so cerebral. It's like you actually got to go watch film and you got to take your your playbook and you have to take the scouting report and you have to go in there and you got to break it down and you got to watch practice and you got to watch, you know, other things. You got to watch other guys and try to get you got to do that stuff on your own. You can't always wait for the coach to give you a cheat sheet. So if he wasn't doing that, yeah, a lot of quarterbacks that's what ends up getting them more than anything. They're just not putting the time in the film room. Well, the other thing is, if it was third and six 
or third and longer, you knew what was coming. It was a wide receiver screen. They, that's all they ever did. Come on, and Norm. I, and I Come on, Norm. Yes. <laughs> so but why? Like, why was it always a wide receiver screen? Well, I don't think they trusted Goff enough to, to go further out. Yeah. I don't think they trusted him enough in those situations. So they went with what they thought they could run and have a chance. So either McVeigh doesn't have a very good play. I mean, he, he may not be a very good play caller and we just don't realize it, or they just didn't have enough trust in Goff. And that's what they did. I mean, I would sit here and watch a game and it'd be like third and nine. And I go, okay, here comes a wide receiver screen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it could almost happen every time. But I don't know if it, if it was more than anything, Norm, because when Walford came in the game, it seemed like they were running a whole different offense. So it's like, I thought, okay. And I thought a better offense. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, is, is Walford, is it just because he can scramble better? Or is it like, I mean, he literally, after that pick, he settled in and he looked like a guy. And so it would have been interesting to see how he would have played had he not gotten uh, banged up in the, in that playoff game. That would have been interesting to see. I agree. I mean, that brings it back to some of the criticisms I, I saw of the Rams. You know, the, I keep seeing, well, it's the Rams and they're play calling us or play calling us or play calling it. And well, we've been critical about the play calling, but I got to tell you that Cardinals game opened my eyes quite a bit. The Cardinals game opened my eyes quite a bit, and also the second thing my eyes a bit was when we had a healthy offensive line this year, and seeing when the Rams were able to actually move against that six one that gave us so many problems last year. Because I I am on record, and Mike, Norm, I, I think you both remember this. I said, listen, look at the film; they are making adjustments. Sean they was making adjustments off that old Patriots game plan, off the old Matt Patricia game plan, but. If you don't have an offensive line and you don't have a quarterback you trust, how are you supposed to make it work? So then all of a sudden Wolford comes in again, a different offense. Was it great? No. I mean, it's not going to be when you're bringing a guy off, you know, off the bench who hasn't played all season, but they did things that you know if they had more time to work, they had something there. And you wonder, well, gee, where's has been? Where's his creativity been all year? Well, when your quarterback's been Jared Goff and Jared Goff is not seeing the game the way he should, you realize, well, hold on a minute. We've been on Sean McVay about his play calling, but what if Sean McVay's play calling has been hurt because he does not believe that he can get the job done with the quarterback has got? And judging by how yeah, we, we they were talking him, about play calling when I was on the show every day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, and that's that's a long time ago. But we so, didn't realize I then, agree. Norm. We didn't realize that it was it was a play calling issue, or that it was actually more of a I, I believe a Jared Goff issue. Right, I, I agree. That's what I was getting at. You know, play calling we've been complaining about for a long time, but you know, I think I think now we can see that the issue was probably Goff and not McVeigh, and I. I wasn't putting McVeigh down, Mike, when I said my comment. I was just saying it's either one or the other, and I have more faith that it's, you know, Goff not being able to handle it and not McVeigh. So I'm, I would be willing to bet that you're going to see a lot more wide open field plays this next season with 
with uh, our new quarterback than Jared Goff. I think it's going to open up the field a lot for us. And, and I agree with Mike. I think our tight ends will start seeing a lot more catches. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And I think when we look at towards the end of the season, that run game started getting going a lot more with Cam Akers, where we kind of were like, yeah, man, let's just run it down these teams' throat. And so, again, good play action always comes off the run games. So as that got going down the stretch, Cam Akers looked like he probably got a little bit more in his playbook. And so once these guys learn how to be real professionals, and now you bring a solid professional in and you've heard about his work ethic even, you know, in years past, even when the Lions were just kind of getting killed. You know, the thing is, you know, Matthew Stafford come ready to play game in and game out. And so I just know that uh, from my playing days, I'll make it personal. You just love to have a guy that's back there, you know, making plays and has the confidence to make plays. Sometimes it just didn't look like Jared Goff was out there playing with confidence. But I think some of that, I mean, when you give these guys this money, man, people can say what they want. But when you're making that type of bread, I don't know that if the work ethic to the high level is not already in you, the money does it. It just kind of makes it easy to Oh, well, hey, get rid of me. Do whatever. So it just seems like, you know, for my taste, uh, Gerald was just a little bit too laid back to be kind of in an offense that needs a guy that needs to have some moxie. Another thing to think about, too, is I think one person we'll see emerge next year is Van Jefferson, who kind of got left behind a little bit as the year wore on. I think we'll see Higby, like you guys talking about Titans, I think Higby will be, will be a money <laughs> again I look at what tg hawkinson did with stafford this year i mean we're talking about stafford and i think we're kind of hammering goff and I, well I, I i didn't want this podcast to be that because goff did a lot of great things we should be grateful you know for a lot of things that goff did goff came in in that playoff game off the bench 12 days after surgery i mean that's respect man there's no other way i can say that that's respect. He deserves respect for that. My question for you guys is going to be this, though. What has to happen in Detroit for Goff to be successful there? When? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about <laughs> to get the wins. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I'm we're not talking about to... Detroit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let, let, yeah. let me lay this out for you because Matt Stafford through for 4,000 yards this year, 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. His leading receiver was Marvin Jones. No 1,000-yard receiver, by the way. But his leading receiver is Marvin Jones. Holy crap. Yeah. What do you... I mean, this when people are, are hammering Stafford this and Stafford that, they don't realize how much talent he has not had there. And now Jared Goff is going to walk in a situation with no talent. Now, I'm guessing the Lions are going to go get talent. I think it's going to be a huge priority for them. They have yeah, offensive they got, line they're issues. Gonna four, they're going to have four first-round picks to deal with the next few years. So that's going to help. Yeah, but they're already saying that they're on a two-year plan. So they're not even, they're already saying, we're not really, yeah, we're going to go out here and we want to win, but we're on a two-year plan. We're going to build it. So they're already 
putting the bar real low so there's not a real a whole lot of expectations on the winning. If they see a little bit of uptick, okay, we did good. Oh, we see a little bit of uptick. Okay, cool. Oh, now we'll go get this quarterback that we need. And so that's kind of the thing that I see that, yeah, the guy that is there now running the show was part of the scout team that, that they moved up, you know, what was it, 11 picks to, to get golf when he came out. And, you know, maybe he knows something again that there was this conflict in personality or something in there. It's like, hey, man, come over here. You know, we got a new coach and we got this and we got that. You need a new fresh start. This will be good for you. So on and so forth. I just think that uh, they're going to move on from golf in the next two years. I don't see them making him a long term play. I mean, that's what we're hearing. But it's I think it's a lot that Holmes and Agnew went and got him. A, uh, and B, he's still 26 years old. His contract is a hard one, but it is relatively affordable on the back end. I wouldn't give him an extension until he earns it, that's for sure. But I don't know that it's necessarily given that it's necessarily a given that they just say two years now. That's what we're hearing. Sure, you're right. We're hearing that. But, I mean... He's going to be the starting quarterback there for the next two years. They've got no one else, so he's going to be there. So what has to happen for him to be successful? He needs an offensive line. That's for darn sure. But what kind of coaching relationship will he need after what fell apart between him and McVay? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. I, exactly, Norm. Keep it simple. But I think if if they're not like, putting so much emphasis on we're going to win now, then I think that takes a little pressure off. Now, internal pressure that an individual puts on himself, that's a whole lot different. The thing is, if I'm golf and it kind of is like what he said, hey, man, I want to go somewhere where they want me. Well, we all say that. But again, to Norm's point, we're still talking about Detroit and they're kind of the what Cleveland has been up until this year. <laughs> exactly. You know, and so they have a lot to shake off with a new coach who sounds like he's real inexperienced. And now you got a quarterback that may not win over guys in the locker room. I don't know. Uh, maybe he will. But you have a low level of, hey, we're not really trying to win next two years. We're, we're going to build this thing. So I don't know what that means. Whoever would say that just – that just is kind of interesting. But uh yeah, ultimately you gotta put W's in the W the win column, and that ultimately is going to be what you're perceived and recognized by. You know, some of the coaches that are now running teams, I just like to say I'm available if anybody's looking, because <laughs> I I think I have as much experience as some of these coaches. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Come on, Norm, let's go. <laughs> Oh, geez. Uh, Yeah, I don't like the fact that golf got bashed every game. Social media was horrible. I I felt bad for the dude. I stood up for him a lot. Um, I still think he's a good football player. I still think he has promise, but I don't think he was in the right system. And, and And I think there was a lot of things that just weren't meshing. I still think the guy's got a chance. I wish him luck. I, I don't think anything bad of him. But Stafford's going to come in. 
and we're going to know right away if golf mm. was the issue or not. Yeah. That, that's You're going to know right away. If golf yeah. was the issue, Stafford's going to fix it. If golf wasn't the issue, we're going to be uh, – Nine and seven, ten and six team make the playoffs, not make the playoffs team. I mean, kind of. I mean, we've done well enough the last four years to do okay. If Stafford can't get us to that point with what team we have now, I, then I I think we're going to be saying, well, maybe it wasn't Jared Goff, but at this point, I think it is, and I think that this is a good move. Yeah, it cost quite a bit in draft picks, but. I have confidence in the Rams in their draft and how they've done with that and with free agency that I'm not too worried about that. So overall, you know, we'll see. Well, I mean, if we look at it, you got a new head coach, whatever. Uh, Detroit, their offensive coordinator is Anthony Lynn. Well, he had a young quarterback last year. He's gone through some adversity. He's a guy who can, can jail with a guy. Uh, at the quarterback position. Uh, the running backs coach is Deuce Staley. You know, now they're bringing in a new guy, Mark Brunel, who played 19 years, but this will be his first time coaching. You know, but Brunel, from what I've heard and seen, you know, he has kind of a more, I don't want to say laid back demeanor. So you have some guys on that uh, offensive staff that should be able to. I would think get a lot out of golf if he's willing to put the work in. So uh, we'll see. I think that golf has to take this as a mandate for his career. He has every physical tool in terms of being a passing quarterback. He can make every throw. We've seen him make throws that only elites can make. We, we've seen that. And we've seen him get destroyed the Lions scrimmage because he didn't see the rush coming. Holding on the ball too long. Underestimating how much time he has. So there has to be growth with him, period. And I'm hoping that this trade gives him that. That, that it gives him this op- that He takes it and goes, you know what? He, he, I mean, judging by his comments, he felt underappreciated. Well, I would say... That, you know, you were shown appreciation by a four-year, $134 million extension. I was going to say, you pay me $134 million, I don't care what you say about me, I'm going to appreciate you. I mean, <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, if you don't feel appreciated, that's what I said, quote, he told this NFL.com, I'm just excited to be somewhere that I know wants me and appreciates me. Well, dude, you were just given a massive contract, $134 million contract by the Rams. By the Rams. And, you know, I, I kind of have an issue to, you know, Michael Silver, uh, you mentioned earlier, kind of had his comments online about it, you know, how the Rams were disrespectful about it. I didn't hear a bad thing coming from the Rams over these two weeks. They just were not willing to commit anymore. They were honest. Would you rather they lie and tell the world that, oh, he's our starting quarterback forever and a day. He's, he's, he's our 2020 quarter, 2021 quarterback. And then, bam, he's gone. They just blindside him. 
No, at least he knew something was up. At least, so to say this is disrespectful, I don't think so at all. They were up front from the moment the season was over that they felt at this point that he wasn't their guy. Well, they were up front when they put Walford in. That's when they were up front. So, and then when yep. they started him, when he said he could play, and you know, again, the guy gets knocked out and that gets him back on the field. But to me, yep. they were up front then. Yeah, but agreed. I mean, there's there's a lot of different things you can say as the season's about to end. When the se- when the season's over, and you're asked the questions publicly about your commitment, and you just flat out say he's the quarterback right now, and you say nothing else, like you're not trashing the guy, you're not saying anything bad about him. You just you that's all you're saying. How the heck is that disrespectful? What do you want it's them not, to do? It's business. Yeah, it's not. It's business. How much money are the Rams paying Jared Goff to not play for him? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. (laughs) And again, when you're playing a sport, (laughs) yeah, you have to show up, though. Aaron Donald, me and my son, we, we, you know, like I said, he's a season ticket holder and all like that. Obviously, he was a young type when I was playing growing up, so he's Rams through and through. Point is, uh, you get paid to go out and execute and do a job. You don't get paid that type of money to be like, okay. You know what I mean? If you're getting elite money, you got to go out there and show up. Aaron Donald, you don't ever have to worry about. We're like, yeah, whatever that guy's contract is, man, give him that and give him some more because he shows up. And certain guys just show up. It doesn't matter. And so the thing is, like I said, Jared just kind of was like, hey, you know, we lost. Hey, my fault. I need to do a little bit better. It just wasn't anything. I think this, if anything, if it's in him, this will be a little bit of a wake up. Not a little bit. Should be a wake up call. But again, when guys are getting that type of money, I don't know how much incentive. Oh, they let you go. You go to a new team. It's not like they let you go and go. Guess what? You got to earn the contract. You know, if they did that, you might see some different attitudes happening. But when you, I just switch teams and, hey, I'm going to get my money regardless. I don't know how much that motivates certain individuals. I mean, I don't know either. But I do know that when it comes down to how the Rams handled it, I don't, what they want them to do. And what they, the, you know, and uh, something else that Michael, Michael Silver wrote, too, that is he was saying that Goff was blindsided. If Goff was blindsided, then he's a moron, which he's not. <laughs> Goff's not a moron. He's, he, he, he might not be the most cerebral guy when it comes to study, as, as we've talked about, but he's no moron. He's a smart guy. with Cal. Okay? Don't tell me he didn't realize that the team was wanting to move out. Just don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. Well, I- the one place right now that you probably wouldn't want to go and play quarterback would probably be Detroit. So right. that probably felt a little disrespectful, but they weren't verbally disrespectful to him at all. I mean, where else are they going to send him? Yeah, I, I think that's why I said the Rams, they were like, hey, hot potato. If we can get this deal done, we know we're we're biting it. But man, we got to get this done. 
because if they don't, now you you may be stuck with a guy that now it becomes a real bad situation. Now you got a player that's disgruntled. Now you have, you know, just all kind of stuff starts hitting the media. Then what if you got a guy now on your team and you got now the backup quarterback in there playing and he's on the team? You know, it just would have been all bad. So I think it worked out uh, for all parties, at least initially. Uh, Everybody's getting a new start. Stafford's getting a new start. Golf's getting a new start. You know, new team, new GMs and all that good stuff. Uh, And I just think if as you're saying earlier, Derek, as long as uh, staff can Stafford can be healthy, our chances are I'm putting us right. I'm putting us in the in the championship game right now. And then uh, again, for them on the other side, uh, I don't know that we worry too much about them. <laughs> We're just talking about the Rams now. <laughs> I mean, I'll well, say we, we get to play. We get to play Detroit this year, so God's Ooh. got a chance to. To get even, and Aaron Donald's got a chance to hit golf for real. Oh, Jalen Ramsey's going to talk a little smack, I'm sure. <laughs> That'll be a fun week. Uh, yeah, but I just want to point this out as well. You know, for Norm, you and I went up there for that game, which we didn't know how faithful that game would be years later up in Detroit. And I, I thought the experience in Detroit was wonderful. I thought the way the stadium was a very nice stadium. I thought the fans were, were kind, despite the drunk idiots. And um, normal Norm has that story for you. But the, <laughs> the one thing I know about Stafford up there even now is Stafford jumped into that community, and those people loved him. Like they, we've, we've already had a couple people message us asking for our information because they're going to follow Stafford to, to, to the Rams. Not as Rams fans, but as Stafford fans. So... That's how much of an impact he made there. Jared Goff could very easily in this Midwestern community that values work ethic. Big one. Work ethic. This is a, this is a labor community, okay? Um, he could very quickly become a big part of their fabric there if he embraces it. His personality, that California kid personality... It's not going to work there in Detroit. He's got to go in there. He's got to grind. If he goes there and grinds and gets involved in the community, they will love this guy. And he is a good guy. You know, and he has the tools. So he has every opportunity to be successful. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he does. I hope he makes good. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, that's still an old school, you know, put your hard hat on type of place. So, yeah, Mr. Golf is going to have to, you know, adjust and learn some new things. And, you know, one of the good things uh, that happened to me from going from L.A. to Miami, you know, I somewhat got away from home. You know, when I'm in Bakersfield and I go to college in Fresno, then I come a couple hours south and now I'm in L.A. When I went to Miami, you just kind of get to go to a whole new place in the country, different people. And you get to kind of make your own way. So Jared has as much opportunity as anyone's going to have. Obviously, people are going to know him uh, because he's got some hype and they're going to see him out if he goes out places. But, yeah, uh, Stafford had that that old school put your hard hat on uh, sense about himself. And so, yeah, I don't know that Jared, but he will learn it pretty quick. 
and I think he has the, the people there that'll be around him again. His head coach is kind of a little little wild, but uh, his offensive coordinator, you know, with Coach Lynn and and Deuce and some of those guys, I think they'll be able to help him transition. But he's going to have to do it himself. I mean, a little will. bit off the subject, but uh, I wonder if people would be reacting the same way to this trade with the amount of picks that we gave up if it was Aaron Rodgers that we brought on board instead of Matthew Stafford. Because everybody keeps talking big about how they wanted Aaron Rodgers to come come back and play in California. And I think people would have been willing to pay a lot for him mentally compared to Stafford. And I think Stafford probably has more time left in his career and can be, you know, equally as is good a quarterback in most areas. So I just thought that was interesting that I saw a lot of people who were all in on, on Aaron Rodgers and the same people weren't all in on Matthew Stafford. Well, I would say the thing with Matthew Stafford, he has a lot better reputation in a way than Aaron Rodgers. Now Ooh. we know Aaron Rodgers Ooh. can ball. Aaron can ball. <laughs> But the thing is, Aaron might come in here telling people what to do and how to do it, and, and that might not go over so well, whereas a guy like Matthew Stafford is going to be more of that that teammate guy and lead from that direction. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, you know, there's just kind of some some if ands, and buts on him, you know, where it is. He's trying to get rid of the, the, second, the, the love that was drafted there. He's like, yeah, man, you guys need to get rid of this dude or re, redo my contract. So, uh, yeah, so no doubt, Aaron would have been slinging it all over, and you know, he definitely a gunslinger. But I think when you're talking team chemistry, that might have been something that may not have worked. Uh, I just want to throw this out there. I don't. I, I mean, I heard a couple of things about Aaron Rodgers, but if there was somebody people really wanted, without a doubt, it was Deshaun Watson. That's who. I mean, I think you would have Rams fans saying. No, I'll give him my firstborn child for him. I mean, I think it was, I mean, the Rams, there's no way the Rams could afford that. There's no, I don't, I don't see a a place on the salary cap structure to have made that work, which is probably why it didn't happen. But I mean, that was the guy they all wanted. Jalen Ramsey was pretty, he was predicting it the other day on a podcast. So, you know, that was the guy I think most people wanted, Matthew Stafford. To me, would be option two, and he now is option one. But I never, I honestly, a thirty-seven-year-old Aaron Rodgers, who, in my view, he's lost some shine the last few years. He's great in the field, like you're talking about. But you know, Mike, you made the great point of who Aaron Rodgers is. You're going to try and come in there and tell Sean McVay when he's been running this team how he wants to run for for a long time now. I don't think that would have gone over well at all. Yeah, and I think because he's been there so long in Green Bay, and obviously it looks like him and his quarter uh, head coach got things uh, pretty worked out down the stretch. But as soon as the season over, you start hearing, you know, these kinds of grumblings. Hey, let's redo this deal. Hey, get rid of the, the kid is behind me, you know. And it's like, Aaron, you're 37, boss. Uh, it's not like you're going to be here 10 years. Uh, 
But yeah, you came back. You had a little bit more of a chip on your shoulder this year. But again, you kind of choked down the stretch. You're down inside the 10 and you can't get the ball in the end zone. So, hey, Aaron, maybe as you're saying, DC, that might have been your last hurrah, buddy. I don't know. But I, I think Matthew is just when you look at everything across the board, in my opinion, He's going to be a great fit, great teammate, and he's going to go out and he's going to ball. And I don't know, DC, you keep mentioning about if we can keep him healthy. Why do you he's think he's a healthy line? quarterback? I know, but are you, you, you got something that we don't know about our <laughs> O-line? You know, I, I saw this O-line wear down a bit towards the end of the year, that's all. I think that, you know, when you have a left tackle who – is 39 years old, about to turn 40 with no heir apparent yet. I am concerned. I'm concerned about the interior a little bit. Again, it, it, wore, it did great first part of the year, wore out a little bit towards the end. And, you know, that's something that I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about the fact that even though, and this is, we've heard so many people saying that, that Matthew Stafford is injury prone. Well, no, not really. He's actually, he had a couple of injury issues early in his career, had um, in 2019 had an injury issue. But besides that, Guy's been healthy almost almost his entire career, and that's surprising considering the just in, his offensive line for years has been a complete and total train wreck. And we're going to be worried about you know him being injury prone because he had one bad year recently in terms of injuries. Nah, I'm more worried about the Rams protecting him than Matthew Stafford being injury prone. Does that make sense? Yeah, I just want to point out, though, that the Rams' offensive line finished third this year in PFF. I, mean, I know they did. I'm not saying, you, did you hear me say bad offensive line? No, but you, you, you kind of insinuated it a little bit without no. saying it. What I'm saying is they wore down some it, towards it, the it end. It felt that way to me. Well, no. What I'm saying is they've got <clears throat> Whitworth is a good left tackle, but let's face it, his, his days are numbered. His years are numbered. And you're right. We don't have necessarily an heir apparent, but when he wasn't in there, we still played really well. Um, I'll give props to the dude. I mean, you and I both just went through knee issues and had surgeries and all that stuff to see that guy recover as quickly as he did and get back on the field was amazing. Mm -hmm. So he could play for three or four more years. Who knows? But I don't think the offensive line is an issue for us as much as other things. Um, and back to the whole Aaron Rodgers, all that thing. If if I'm looking at the three quarterbacks that were talked about coming to possibly coming to the Rams, or the Rams going after, which was Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, and Deshaun Watson, Stafford would have been my choice. If the Rams were going to make a trade no matter what, and you had to pick one of those three, Stafford would have been my pick. So I can't say I'm disappointed in it. Um, and I'm, I'm really curious to see how well he'll, he'll fit in with our whole system. And I think Mike's hit the nail on the head. He's a professional, he's a leader, and a hard worker. And I think that's a combination that Goff may not have brought to the table that Stafford will. I'm going to make a prediction right now. He's going to have the best season of his career 
outside of that 41-16 year he had. So what? Is that, I'm, I'm going to say right now, as it is right now, I think he'll come in next year and have, his, have Kate, the second best season of his career. I think he's going to come I'll in and be on fire. I'll I mean, second I, the motion. I like the I like the fit. I like the fact that what Mike, when you've talked about in terms of Stafford is, you know, you not in terms of him specifically, but you talked about an issue you had with golf is that you, his kind of his laid back nature kind of worked against him. Like he didn't show that um, he didn't show the emotion that was kind of needed in the leader. Well, Matthew Stafford brings that to the table, and he brings kind of this desire to go the extra mile for a play. He will, he will do things in the huddle with, with his teammates that you weren't sure Jared Goff would do. Jared Goff was kind of a quiet guy. That's not Matthew Stafford. Yeah, and, and, and again, I mean, and I don't think anyone, if they're listening, hopefully they're not thinking we're just just bashing the guy on the way out. No, it's not that. But it's just certain things that you look for in a quarterback. I'm speaking for myself. When I play, I want a guy that's back there who, again, has some moxie, some gunslinger in him, some, hey, if it's third and one, coach, don't worry about it. I got you. I'll get this one yard if I got to dive over the whole defense. But, again, you're not trying to do something, you know, just blankly get yourself knocked out of the game. But you want a guy who's going to, when you got to have it, he knows when to go get it. And you, I just, you know, Jared to me is a guy who plays a position. Again, we, we ask two questions. Do you like the game or do you love it? Jared Goff, no doubt, he likes it. I just don't know that he loves it. Norm? I'm curious. I've, I've been playing with uh, a few things in my head. Uh, <laughs> going back to the whole Carson Wentz thing, and if we would have taken Wentz instead of Goff. And you see what happened to him in Philly, and you know you wonder if the, if the situation had been reversed and, and Goff had gone there and Wentz would have come here, would we be where we're at right now? Um, there's always questions at quarterback. There's always things that could have, would have, should have, or will, did we pay too much or not enough, or did we go after the right guy or the wrong guy? It's, it's going to be interesting, and I'll agree with you guys that I think Stafford's going to do well in L.A., and I think he'll bring our t- offense to the next level. And if our defense can stay at the level that it's at with a better offense, I think we have a great shot at winning the NFC and who knows beyond that. So I'm happy to see a leader come to the field on our team where we haven't had great leadership. And I'm not bashing Goff. I just don't think he's at that same level. And I hope that he goes to Detroit and I hope he has success. And I hope he grows and becomes that quarterback that, you know, he has the potential to be. But I'm glad to see we already have a proven quarterback on the field that can lead our team and make those calls and those audibles and and do what needs to be done. And hopefully it works out like it should and will be successful. 
Well, Norm, you you brought up a key point, uh, and we we I think I I don't know if you or Derek talked about it earlier. Well, one of you talked about it. Uh, is part of it is is chemistry, right? And then part of it is just the ability to do something again when you gotta have it done. And so I just think uh Stafford brings all those intangibles to the to the thing. To the to the case of, you know, would Wentz have been better and that I just think that a lot of that comes down to the staff and the chemistry that you have between the coach and is the scheme fit. I mean, is is Mr. Mahomes, is he as dynamic if he's on another team? I don't know. But the offense that they run, the chemistry that he has from Andy Reid and, you know, Iris, obviously Eric Bieniemy, and then his teammates, yeah, everything he does looks like, man, this is incredible. This guy is the best quarterback ever played ever. You know, and obviously we'll see next week how it plays out in the real Super Bowl when it, again, when it's, it's you got to have it. But I don't know that he's going to be as dynamic if he was somewhere else. So I think a lot of it does come out to to being or the the scheme you're in, the coaches, the com- camaraderie. But, you know, me and Derek talked a lot last year about him and Gurley. I've never seen a quarterback and running back who basically come in the same year almost and both young guys, those two you usually would think are going to be pretty tight, you know, at least on the field. But it looked like they didn't have much of a relationship, which, again, I'm going like, man, something just doesn't seem right about this whole picture. So maybe it's just, you know, Jarrett seems to be a quiet guy and maybe just likes to come, go home, and 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 that's it. But when you're a quarterback, you got to be that guy that, you know, knows how to take guys out to dinner and, you know, buy a watch or do whatever they do from the quarterback position. But most of the time, you just want to see a guy who's willing to lay it on the line like you. But you also want to have that guy that will come off the field and come on the sideline and get in your face and challenge you and say, what the hell was that? Exactly. You know, why, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? You should have done this instead of that. And you never saw that from Goff. Never, but I, I guarantee you, if that happens with Stafford, you'll see it, and that's I think a big part of the puzzle that we've that we've been missing. I, I would say this, and I want to I back up because I kind of liked where Norm went with it as well. The Carson Wentz, Jared Goff thing. I think if the roles are reversed, same thing happens. I really believe that. I think that Jared Goff would have gotten eaten alive in Philadelphia. And I think that Carson Wentz, from everything I'm reading, his attitude problems out there would have, would have not have gone over well with Sean McVay. So it may have been a different path to this ending, but I think it would have ended the same way. I mean, and, and let's be honest, also, outside Jared Goff's thumb injury, he's been healthy his entire career. We've seen Carson Wentz get beaten up multiple times. I don't know that he stays healthy behind the Rams' offensive line this whole time. 
So, you know, I think it, I think it's an interesting conversation to have, but in the end, given the trajectory of the, of the quarterbacks themselves, I think we'd be in the same spot looking for a quarterback in 2021. What made me think about it was when Wolford came in and his mobility and how it changed the offense and made it more dynamic at times. That's what made me wonder. Um, and, and, you know, if you go back in ancient history with our podcast, when we were talking about the draft and, and Wentz and, and Goff, I was really high on Wentz um, over Goff. And I, I, I don't know that it would have been any different, Derek. Uh, I probably would lean towards agreeing with you, which I don't do often. <laughs> uh, I don't know that the outcome would have been any different. But something about Stafford coming to the Rams really feels right. And I think that that outcome, no matter how it's all played out, I think is going to be good for us. I do want to kind of close the show on a couple of things here. Because I am very concerned that, and we have a lot of golf fans out there. This is really not meant to hammer golf. Goff has a lot of skills. He did a lot of things with his team. I just think that his flaws didn't mesh with what the Rams wanted. I mean, I, I, I wrote this on Twitter earlier. I think it makes I think it makes sense to say it now. I think the Rams have shown that they're they're in to win it. They're willing to pay the money. They're willing to pay the money early. But if they're going to pay the money, they expect you to live up to the contract. They expect you to put in the work and everything that goes with it to live up to that contract. That's how I'm seeing it. And when they see you not doing that, they will not hesitate to move on from you. Now, whether it's because of injury or it's because of performance, to them, they are trying to win a championship, and they're not going to let anything get in the way of that. So, we've seen so many people on social media hammering the Rams about this, uh, hammering the Rams about how they kind of just paid Gurley too early and paid Goff too early, and my argument back is going to be this. A, you have a salary cap to plan. you got to plan this thing three, four, five years out. Okay, the Rams are the best at this in the league. I'm not joking about this. I'm not kissing up. I'm saying this seriously. They're the best at this in the league. If they chose to pay them the money then at that time, they did it for a reason. But the second part of that of this as well, you got to live up to it. And even Brandon Cooks yesterday threw shade at the Rams a little bit. I don't know if you all saw that, saying that you know the, the truth will come out, but basically saying the Rams didn't do right by him. This is that's personal feelings. That's you're 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 interchanging personal. You're mixing personal and professional. The Rams are building a culture there where the number one priority is winning, and sometimes that priority is going to be a little heartless. But the easy thing to do then, in my view, is just live up to your contract. They're showing they're going to do whatever it takes. To get what they need. If it means spending draft picks. If it means 
uh, if it means trading draft picks, if it means spending big money on Jalen Ramsey, they're going to do it. And they're going to do it quickly. I mean, I'm not sure why anyone would criticize them for that. I, I would rather have a team that's willing to put, it up, put the chips in and go for it than have a team that did the exact opposite for nearly 20 years, which, which is what they did. Well, Derek, what you're talking well, about, you have to go for it. Yeah, go ahead, exactly. Man. No, I think we're going to say the same thing, Norm. They have to because now the window is closing. They literally now, they're all in. They can't really afford, we can't, they can't. They can't afford for anybody in the top tier to get hurt, at least not substantially. They're all in, and if you look at all in and you throw all these cap numbers around, I don't know all the cap stuff, but I'm saying it's a two-year window at this point because by the third year, unless the cap is so increased, they're going to have issues and they're going to have to probably release a number of guys and a bunch of other things. But for the next two years, you got Donald signed, you got Ramsey signed, you got the young bucks who are still going to be somewhat on rookie contracts. So in my view, the next two years are the window and they figure, Hey, we got new stadium. If we can get a super bowl in one of these two years and then the wheels fall off. So be it. Well, and then on top of that, you got a $6 billion stadium. You got to pay for that. COVID-19 certainly didn't help with this year and they need to pack the seats and put fans in the, you know, in the stadium and, and no, no bashing golf at all, but Stafford is a much more figurative, you know, elite person as far as quarterback goes than, than golf is. So, you know, there's some sales involved with it. There's play calling. There's, there's all these different intangibles that Stafford brings to the table. Um, and you know, it's, it's an experiment. And I think Derek's right. They they pay a lot of money for you to come in and do it. If you don't do it, they move on. Um, no hard feelings. It's business. And, you know, I haven't seen anything unprofessional from the Rams towards Jared Goff, you know, in the media about this whole thing. And I don't think they mishandled it. And, you know, you're right. I, I don't want this to seem like a Jared Goff bash session because, you know, he's done well for us. He's taking us to a Super Bowl. He's got a playoff win. And, you know, I hope that he's successful where he goes, and I hope that it all works out for him. But ultimately, I'm a Rams fan, and he's no longer part of the Rams, so I'm on board with Stafford now, and let's see where it goes. I'm excited. Mike? Hey, I'm sitting here with a big grin because both of you gentlemen are hitting on everything as it should be. Uh, at some point in time, and we talked about it, someone said it earlier, these things ultimately are business decisions. And as long as you have, uh, uh, unless again, if you're LeBron James, maybe not so much. You're not, maybe not trying to trade him or MJ, but when you look at even those guys, they played on different teams at the end of their careers. So it just goes to show as long as sports at this level have been around and will be around, 
it's very few guys that just retire with their team. Who would ever thought that Brady would be on another team? I mean, really? One, yeah, he's maybe stretching out some extra years. Does he need to be playing? Probably not. But you just would never figure if he's been there that many years, okay, Brady, shut it down and retire Patriot and Hall of Fame and all that other stuff that comes with it. He's like, no, man, I'm going somewhere else because you know what? Whatever happened there, it ran its course. So the thing is, when you're dealing with humans and human nature, uh, these things usually never end like you choose to when you're a player because you don't hold the cards. Ownership and, you know, management, they hold the cards. So, yeah, as a fan, you might can get upset and be emotional. Oh, man, they let my favorite player go and all that. But these guys at that level, the sneeze and the uh, dim offs and the GMs across the league, they make business decisions based on everything that we talk to from cap chemistry to what what's our goal for next year. You know, are, are we trying to because I don't know if golf comes back, are people going to go and want to see him? I don't know. What do you think, Derek? <laughs> <laughs> They'd be much happier yeah. right now to go see Stafford. I think that in the end, you just gotta you you gotta do whatever it takes to win. And and Norm, you said they have to do it. I I think their win is a, a a little bit bigger than that, but it's not much. No matter what, it's not. It's definitely not a five year window. That's for sure. They gotta do it. They got they got the guys. They got the stars. They got the players. They got the new stadium. They gotta do it. And you can't just say, well, Jared Goff will get there. Here's the truth. The sad truth. We don't know if Jared Goff will get there. But we know that Matthew Stafford got there. He's a developed quarterback. He has the things that you need right now. And therefore, it's a no-brainer move. We don't like the draft picks coming. We don't like saying goodbye to Jared Goff. But you got to take your shot. And well, your I shot. said it at I the very beginning of the program. It's this is a this is going to define Mr. Sneed's career. He's he's either going to look like a genius, or he's going to take the blame. And I think in two years, that's when that'll happen. And it's not just him though. Sean McVay pushed for Stafford. He pushed for Stafford hard. Yep. We all know that now. So this is on. This is on McVeigh too. But sure. yeah, and that's that's the point. I think at the end of the day, that's what I said earlier. Him, Leslie, and Dimoff, and maybe the scouts. They were probably sitting around the table and going, "Look, guys, this is the pluses. These are the minuses." You know, let's talk about the money. Let's talk about that. Well, you know, he's not good a teammate. Hey, man, he's great with his guys. Okay, that gives him a one. And whatever they came down to, ultimately, uh, it came down to, I'm well, I can't, well, I'm going to say in my opinion, it came down to McVay saying, guys, I've done everything I can do to get this guy to play elite level. I've now seen him for four years. And he's just not going to get there, guys. That's my opinion. It came down to McVay saying he's, he can't do it for me or something because they just wouldn't have pulled the trigger. And again, I think 
Not, I think. I know we got an upgrade at the position, and we're going to be off and running. Well, it's not like you're looking like, you know, you're out dating two women at the same time, and which one do I want to settle with? It's (laughs) not like that at all. There's no feelings involved in that way. It's about who's going to be the best chance to win and who's going to bring me the most X factors of getting us to a Super Bowl and winning it. And it's all business. And and people have to, you know, respect it or be pissed at it, but it's business. And I think this was a smart business decision. It's you gotta go for it. You gotta go for it. And yep. I one thing I do want to acknowledge because it's it's important, I think, to note the effects long term. The Rams will pay at one point for the draft picks gone. You know, they've done a great job developing guys between the second to last round. They, they, they've made good use of their picks, but they will pay a price. There will be a rebuild at some point. But to quote a little bit of the Lord of the Rings, it's not this day, at least not yet. So that said, it's time for us to go. A heck of a show, long show. Great to have Norm back on the show. Hopefully we see more of him as we head towards yes. 2021, but that's that's a Norm decision. He's always welcome back. You know, we, Norm and I, and I hosted this show together for a long time, had a great bond, and he's definitely been missed, but... Um, uh, you'll see more of me this year than you have. All right. So, all right. You find Mike on Twitter at 1Duke23 until he finally changes his handle. Is that still happening? You changing the handle or not? I think I'm going to stick with what got me here. <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll find Norm on a boat fishing. We never see him on social media anymore. Okay? Yep. You'll, fi- you'll find me on Twitter barely ever now these days, but still there at DC Paula. You can follow us at Talk Rams. We're on Facebook. And, of course, RamsTalk.net. Our guys are writing. They're writing. Bob Smith putting out some good work. So, until next time. We're out of here. Have a great one. Peace. Peace. Adios. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.